mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, moving forward with the process of moving Findlay forward. Committee Chair Jeff Wobser shares details on next week's event to unveil the progress on the city's strategic plan thus far, and what will happen next. Also this morning, how you can help give the lifelong gift of literacy by volunteering as a tutor for the Findlay-Hancock County Public Library's Read for Life program. To celebrate the season with December events and activities at the Hancock Historical Museum, Sarah Sisser will tell us what's happening. And tickets to upcoming shows at the Marathon Center for the Performing Arts will make great Christmas gifts for young and old alike. Executive Director Heather Clough will give us some ideas. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Thursday, December 1st, 2022. So the numbers are in now, the start of the Christmas shopping season, and it appears that uh, shoppers are on the hunt for bargains now more than ever. Uh, Between Thanksgiving and Cyber Monday, a record number of in-store and online shoppers. Um, says here over 196 million people. And I don't know how they come up with these numbers. I, I don't know. <laughs> Was there somebody out there in uh, every parking lot, in every shopping center around the country, counting the number of people going in and out of doors uh, at retailers? I don't know. But uh, it says over 196 million people showed up at uh, storefronts or scoured the Internet for deals this year that is 17 million more than last year so those are the official numbers amazon the biggest benefactor of that trend reporting a record amount of money made as online shoppers scanned screens in the name of frugality i guess and if we were be if we were really being frugal we wouldn't be spending so frugality is not the word that's what the the news report Says, but I don't think that's the right word. Is a just looking for bargains. We're not being frugal. We just want to look for a bargain. If we were truly being frugal, we wouldn't be shopping at all. But uh, anyway, Amazon did not disclose just how much money they made, but shared that independent businesses selling on their site made over a billion dollars. So if the independent businesses with Amazon storefronts made a billion dollars, then you know that Amazon made at least, what, three or four times that? I mean, they're not going to let the uh, small businesses get the bulk of the money. They're going to get their cut. So 196 million of us shopping in-store and online between Thanksgiving and Cyber Monday. And, of course, um, day before yesterday was Giving Tuesday. We have those numbers And this is very encouraging. Americans donated more than $3 billion to nonprofits on Giving Tuesday. Tenth annual event raised an estimated $3.1 billion, to be exact. That is 15% more than last year and 25% more than 2020. So... Definitely trending in the right direction, and again, a lot of money going to charity for Giving Tuesday. And again, this is just on on Giving Tuesday. That doesn't count all of the charitable giving that we will do throughout the rest of the holiday season and the rest of the year, for that matter. Participation in Giving Tuesday was up 6% over last year, 
And not all of the 37 million Americans who contributed necessarily gave money. The executive director of Giving Tuesday, Asha Curran, said in a statement yesterday, post-Giving Tuesday, every, every people's kindness, act of generosity, and commitment to a better, better world fueled this day of good. So, pat yourselves on the back. It's not just uh, the materialistic shopping for stuff thing that we... Uh, did over the past uh, several days kick off the holiday season. We did some good, too. I like like to hear that. Some of the other first things you need to know this morning, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. Flu season is upon us now. Have you had your first case of the sniffles yet? Um, Many kids have. The number of sick kids surging in this country. Uh, factor in cases of COVID-19 and spikes in child cases of respiratory uh, uh, respiratory virus, the RSV. So you've got the cold, uh, COVID, RSV, alongside uh, all of the usual maladies. You get more parents having to miss work to take care of their kids. That's the long and short of it here in this uh, story on the Newswire, which I thought was interesting. The Bureau of Labor Statistics reported that over 100,000 Americans had to miss work in the month of October in order to care for a sick youngster. 100,000 uh, Americans had to miss work to comfort their little ones who are under the weather. As labor shortages within child care facilities happen alongside the rise in illnesses, Healthcare providers are urging parents to keep children up to date with their flu shots, their COVID boosters, and so on to help cut down on contagious illnesses in order to keep parents in the workforce. So, kind of interesting. That's a lot of time lost. And uh, that's just October. I mean, that's just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the cold and flu season overall, right? So... If it's that high in October, you know, it's going to be even more when we get the data from November and as we head into December, January, February. That's when we typically hit the uh, peak of the uh, cold and flu season. So not a good side. By the way, speaking of uh, diseases, did you hear this? We don't call it monkeypox anymore. While health agencies are seeing decreased reports of monkeypox, which is good because for a while that was the thing that everybody was with. This is going to be the next pandemic, monkeypox and all of that. Um, the While health agencies, this is the story, while health agencies are seeing decreased reports of monkeypox, the amount of racist remarks connected to the disease have increased. And this has has led the World Health Organization to rename the virus M-pox. So it's not monkeypox anymore, it's just M-pox. The phase-out of the term monkeypox in favor of M-pox already underway in hopes the new language being eradicated across, uh, in hopes that the new terminology will eradicate the racist language being used uh, on online platforms and social interactions and so on. So don't call it monkeypox anymore, it's M-pox. So you're aware we want to be politically correct here. And uh, finally, among the first things you need to know this morning, this is big news. This 
This is really big news. Maybe you heard about this. The Golden Arches have a golden ticket that they are handing out. Taking a page out of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, in a in Mickey D's own special kind of way, McDonald's has announced it will be giving away a McGold card, McGold cards during this season of giving, and you could score free food for life, free McDonald's food for life, as part of the fast food giant's brand new. Season of Sharing campaign starting on Monday and running through December 25th, through Christmas Day. You can score exclusive deals both on food and McDonald's-themed holiday merchandise. Now, you got to use the app, so download the McDonald's app. Using, uh, using the app gives users a chance to win one of the coveted McGold cards and... Not only that, you could also get three more McGold cards to share with three lucky people of your choosing. Uh, In a statement, the Chief Marketing and uh, Customer Experience Officer of McDonald's USA, Tariq Hassan, says our fans have been fascinated by the lore of the McGold card and if it really exists. And now... We will make this McDonald's legend a reality by giving fans the ultimate holiday gift. Free McDonald's food for life. Although, depending on how often you take advantage of that, may determine just how long your life is. Even you think... (laughs) In that, if you really want to think about it that way. But uh, there you go. It all starts on Monday, continues through December 25th, through Christmas Day, on the McDonald's app. So definitely want to check that out. There you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Thursday morning started. WFIN News. I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. Plenty of sunshine expected today with a high of 35. Partly cloudy tonight, low 26. The Coats for Christmas campaign is happening this week in Findlay. Melissa LaRocco says each year the organization helps those who are on a tight budget and in need of a winter coat and can't afford one. This is one of my favorite community events in all of Findlay, to be honest, because it's really a collaboration. Like, I run the committee, but there's tons of people on the committee, and there is churches that get involved and donate blankets, and the schools do collections. Coats will be collected through Friday at various locations around Findlay and Hancock County. Then on Saturday, December 10th and Sunday, December 11th, the East Branch YMCA will be transformed into a distribution center for the Coats. Get more on the website. A new piece of gun legislation is working its way through the Ohio State House. State Senator Matt Dolan introduced SB 357, and it had its second hearing, where lawmakers heard from supporters. Now, the original bill had a red flag provision, but that has since been dropped. Instead, this bill would implement behavioral risk assessments. If people are deemed a threat to themselves or others, they would be banned from buying a gun. However, they would not have any current weapons taken away. I'm Brittany Bailey. 
As Deshaun Watson opens a new chapter of his career on Sunday, the Cleveland Browns quarterback will be reminded of his past. As quarterback Deshaun Watson takes the field for the first time in a Browns uniform this Sunday, we've learned that 10 of the women who accused Watson of sexual misconduct, including harassment and assault, will be at the game. The women will be there with their lawyer, Tony Busby. Sunday will be Watson's first appearance in a regular season NFL game since January of 2021. Watson's first game as a Cleveland Brown will be against his old team, the Houston Texans, Sunday at 1 o'clock. The Finley-Hancock County Public Library is giving people the opportunity to share the joy of books with children during their annual Give the Gift of Reading program. Donations will support the free book gifting program, Dolly Parton's Imagination Library. Each $25 donated provides a Hancock County child with a book delivered to their home monthly for one year. Get more details about the Gift of Reading program on the website. I'm Matt Demcheck for 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. Now do we get to our cover story this morning, moving forward with the process of moving Findlay forward. Strategic Planning Committee Chair Jeff Wobser is with us in the studio this morning. You have an event coming up uh, next week, uh, an open house uh, of sorts to unveil the uh, strategic plan for the city of Findlay, uh, at least what you have to this point. How, how complete is this plan? Yeah, it's a good question, Chris. And first off, good morning and happy holidays to you and your family. And it's great to be here this morning. The We are at a point now with the strategic plan that we are in essentially the final draft phase. And uh, so we are having an event coming up here uh, on the 5th, uh, which would be, I guess, Monday, mm-hmm. coming up at the uh, Marathon Performing Arts Theater from 5 to 7. We're inviting in the public to take a look at the draft plan. And I, I emphasize draft because we're still able to make some changes to it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, there has been uh, there have been these uh, sessions over the past uh, several weeks and months. We've talked about it, uh, you know, gathering input and so on. And so here we're presenting the draft, but there's still an opportunity for people to provide input and, and tweak the plan. Exactly. And this is what we want. We want inviting the public in to come in, take a look at our draft plan. It's going to be up on big boards where they can read it. They can take post-it notes and give us input on different things. They can tell us what their more higher priorities are, which is something that we want. And uh, we'll take those and then use those to craft the final plan and uh, tweak it get it where we want. And again, the whole process of this strategic plan started with public input. It's going to end with public input because we want it to work for our citizens of the city of Finley. So this is not an un, uh, a unique process. Uh, the city has done it in the past. Yes. Uh, a lot of businesses and organizations will do this from time to time, kind of plot out where they want to go moving forward and, and so on. Um, what uh, one of the things that that we hear quite often when we talk about these things, people say, "Well, we the, a lot of the input we got was kind of what we expected." Um, you go in having an an idea in the back of your mind of how this is going to go. To what extent did you hear what what you expected to hear in this uh, in the uh, input sessions and? Were there some surprises or things that you didn't expect? You know, it, that, this uh, from the standpoint that uh, we heard a lot of the things that you would expect. Number one, people like Finley the way it is. They like the small time, small town 
feel of Finley, Ohio. But yet, at the same time, the things that we did here is like we, we would like to be a little bit more progressive. We'd like to upgrade some things. We want to have the things that will attract um, younger uh, people and more people to the city. Mm-hmm. You know, we all saw in the, the census, the 2020 census, uh, we actually lost people. Yeah. About 2,000 plus or minus um, in our population in Finley. So we want to get that trend going back the other way. At the same time, people want to grow, but they want to maintain the feel, yeah. which is a tight balance. I was going to say, that's a delicate balancing act. <laughs> um, so to the extent that you can put that into a strategic plan, how do you manage that walking that tight wire? So for me, the strategic plan has always been about a guideline, guideposts, for the city administration, for the city council to use as we make decisions, which we do twice a month on where we spend our money, what what our priorities are. So the goal is for future generations, future administrations, future city councils, because none of us are going to be here forever. And we want to make sure that we maintain this quality of life that we currently have in Finley and make it better over time. But for me, when we're done with this, city council's agenda, every uh, first and third Tuesday, every item on our agenda will be related back to an item in the strategic plan. And that means to me that we're keeping focused on this plan and it gets used in real time because you are right. We've done this in the past. It's sitting on the shelf. There was mm-hmm. a lot of money and time spent by the community and I will say we have drawn from that, so it didn't go uh, to waste, and it was a good exercise, but this one is very much a functional strategic plan that will be used literally every day. That uh, was going to be my next question, is what do you do with this once it is finalized uh, so that it isn't just, oh, we did that and we sat it on the shelf and, right. and we, we move on. It's always good to have an idea, a plan. How, To what extent, though, can you really uh, plan out? Well, first of all, what kind of uh, what kind of forward looking? We're looking ten years, twenty years ahead. What's kind of the timeline here? Yeah. So the process that will be put into place uh, once the plan is done, which is all these bullet points, right? Mm-hmm. We would like to see this, this, these are the directions we want to go. But along with that will be the process of how this plan is updated on a regular basis. Uh, we will commit uh, budget dollars to it. We will commit uh, labor to it so that we go in on a regular basis and reevaluate the plan because life changes. Again, yeah. Finley is going to evolve. That's the next point. If I, if memory serves correctly, the last time the city went through that, uh, this process, a couple of years later, we had the flood. That's right. And that threw everything uh, into a complete, you know, did a complete 180. And suddenly the strategic plan uh, I don't want to say it went out the window, as you said, you've drawn from it uh, since, but other things became much higher priorities. That's right. Priorities change. Yeah. And we, that's going to happen here. Mm-hmm. We never know what's going to happen. 2008 happened. Yeah. You know, and uh, the, the money situation. So you have to take these things into account. You have to adjust. And uh, you think everything is going along just fine. Then you get a pandemic out of the blue. Exactly. So. I mean, here we are right today. We're in a beautiful position in our city financially. Uh, we have to make sure that we maintain that as best we can, but things will change. Mm -hmm. The economy is always going up and down. And in the city world, we always drag the economy by nearly a year. So if, you know, if you believe that the economy in the country and in Ohio is leading us probably to a small recession, that won't hit us 
hit the city coffers for a year mm-hmm. because of the way taxes are paid. Which is probably a good thing. You've got yes. uh, more uh, time to adjust. Uh, well, you would that. think. You yes. know what's coming <laughs> uh, in that sense. Uh, so the the draft then is going to be presented on Monday, as you mentioned. Yes. Um, and then that actually starts a, a week's worth of uh, more inputs and you know more things. Kind of lay all of this out for us. What's going to be happening next week with that? So starting on Monday at the Marathon Performing Arts Theater from 5 to 7 p.m., we're inviting people to come in. After that, though, if you can't make it that day, let's face it, holidays are busy. Right. Got a lot going on. Those boards will be available at the city building. During business hours, you can come in, visit the city building and the main lobby and go through them there, or you can go to finleyforwardplan.com and read them there and also give your input online. So there's several ways to be involved in this process. And the more people we hear from, the more we know that this plan has a high level of veracity. And again, as you mentioned, this is kind of the uh, final draft before the final plan then? Correct. What's the timeline for that? Yeah. So by the end of the first quarter, we expect to have this completely done and presented. Mm -hmm. Uh, Once we get the final plan done, we're going to take that, mold it in, or once we have the draft uh, completed and the public input done, we'll get our final plan. And then we'll put the process into place around this plan. And to me, that's a very vital part of this. Again, uh, Strategic Planning Committee Chair Jeff Wobser with us this morning. The uh, uh, process of moving Findlay forward, that is the uh, the title, is Findlay Forward. And uh, the event on Monday is at 5 o'clock, you said? 5 to 7 5 p.m. To 7. at the Marathon Performing and Arts. you can kind of come and go. Absolutely. As it's not like a program that begins at 5. So. Nope. Come in when you can. Okay. Uh, we've got the link up at our webpage for more information. We continue to follow this. We go through the process. Jeff, thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate it. Thanks, Chris, for the opportunity. Sarah Clevidence is here from the Findlay Hancock County Public Library. Um, December is kind of a uh, uh, light month in terms of programming. Obviously, you've got the holidays coming. You do have a, a few things happening. Got a uh, program for uh, youngsters, for uh, teenagers with the holiday cards, right? That's going on yes. today, right? Right. Uh, holiday cards. Uh, we've got books and ballet coming up mm-hmm. uh, a, um, got a teen game night next teen week game night there's an at-home escape room kit that's coming so there's still oh, lots awesome of, yeah that'll be fun for that sounds like a lot of fun. The, the christmas break so no kidding still yeah. lots of great stuff happening but for us it's a quieter month yeah uh, also have uh, a couple of story times and and so on at the uh, library in the month of december but really what we want to focus on uh this morning and this is uh, kind of a holiday type theme i because I'm thinking, what a wonderful gift to give someone is the lifelong gift of literacy. Absolutely. We have a program called Read for Life, which provides free one-on-one tutoring to adults who need to improve their literacy skills. Mm-hmm. And that program's only possible through the help of volunteers who donate their time to work with the adult students they're paired with. Yeah. Um, we talked about Read for Life uh, a number of times in the past, and uh, it's been done... Uh, through a number of different uh, organizations, the library is has always been kind of uh, central to this, um, and and I liken it to imagine I've been watching the World Cup and <laughs> and you you watch the uh, World Cup and you see all of the uh, advertisements and such in the uh, stadium and they're uh, in Arabic, and I have no idea what they say. Sure. Yeah. Imagine going through life 
like that. I mean, not knowing what, you know, seeing those things, seeing signs, whether it's a road sign or a book or, you know, newspaper, whatever, not being able to read well, what those signs say. Imagine not being able to read the letter that comes home from your your child's teacher. Yeah. Or the yeah. the directions on the prescription the doctor has given you. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, even instructions on, on how to make the soup. Yeah. But, you know, there's there's a lot of different goals our students have. And yeah. this program really works um, with the, their particular goals to help help them achieve what they want. So, mm-hmm. you know, not everyone wants to be able to read all the classics. Right. But someone might be able to have a goal of being able to read their child a, a bedtime story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, These are things that we take, most of us take for granted, but for a variety of reasons, uh, some individuals in the community, and it's probably more than most people realize, don't have those skills. Estimates are 4,000 people in our community. Mm, Wow. A lack necessary literacy skills. Yeah, that's that's just a stunning number. So, uh, as you mentioned, the Read for Life program relies on volunteers to help those individuals uh, improve their literacy skills. I can hear some people say, I don't know how to teach reading or teach a language to someone. That's okay. You don't have to have any professional training in teaching. We're looking for people who are flexible, who are friendly, patient, optimistic. Sense of humor is really helpful as you're working with your students. Mm -hmm. And you need to be available for an hour or two a week. Students and tutors, once they're paired together, they look at their schedules and they decide when is most convenient for them to meet. Mm. meet. Most meet up about once a week for an hour or so. Yeah. Um, And I've heard from so many tutors that the the experience is as enriching for them as it is for their student. Yeah. They gain so much from it. Yeah. You actually have uh, potential uh, students. You have uh, students waiting for tutors. I mean, there is a waiting list for this. There is. Right now we have seven students who are waiting for tutors. We have 28 matched pairs working right now, and we have a wonderful partnership with St. Andrew's Church where we're working with a group of uh, seven to 12 Venezuelan refugees in the churches. Mm has helped provide the tutors for those. That's a, uh, a good point. It's uh, Sometimes it's individuals within the community. Maybe it's a neighbor, or, you know, somebody that you know, has always lived here. Maybe uh, it's somebody who has relocated here for, from someplace uh, else. Absolutely. So, One yeah. of our, our greatest success stories is a gentleman who you know, had a, a full work life for years, but just really didn't have many literacy skills. Mm-hmm. And had worked with a tutor for years and has been able to achieve so many goals and, you know, write a letter to his, his grandchildren about his life. Hmm. It, it's, you know, it's, yeah. it's heartwarming stories. Yeah, absolutely. And like we said, uh, what a gift to give uh, to someone uh, in the spirit of the holiday season uh, to, to volunteer uh, to be that tutor. So you have actually a training session coming up Right after the first of the year, right? January 13th. It's okay. a, a Friday from 9.30 to 3.30. We also offer virtual training options. So if it's not possible for you to come spend a whole day with us, we can take you through the training online. What is involved in volunteering? How does someone do that if they're interested in learning more? Sure. So uh, you're going to go through a training where you're going to learn some techniques, learn about all the resources that we have available in the Read for Life office. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christy Scudleric, our coordinator, is going to pair you up with a student you know, based on what their needs are and what what you feel comfortable in, in helping someone achieve um, and your schedules, <laughs> finding right. folks that line up that way. Yeah, um, She's going to be there every step of the way to help you with your, you know, guiding you to materials and resources that'll be helpful, providing tips and, and tricks and things that have worked for other students and tutor pairs in the past. Um, most of them meet in the library. 
Mm-hmm. And how long of a commitment are we talking about? Is this a, you know, how long do these uh, tutoring sessions last? I use mean, it like an hour at a time or so, a yeah. couple of times a week, but, you know, for six months, a year, two years? What? We ask people to be willing to make a year commitment to the okay. program when they sign up. Okay. Um, and we've got a link up uh, on our webpage, by the way, to the uh, section of the library's website where you can learn more uh, about that and, and get to more information on the uh, training and tutoring and and so on and so forth. And by the way, if someone knows someone who could benefit from the Read for Life Absolutely. program. Absolutely. Please refer them to us as well. We'll yeah. be happy to meet with them, do an assessment, see where they are, and get them on the list to get matched. The goal is to make universe, uh, literacy universal uh, in the uh, in the community. Um, one other thing I want to mention, uh, obviously, with the month of December, we got the holidays coming up. Kids are going to be off uh, school and, and so on. Library have uh, special hours we come up on the uh, holiday season. Sure. We close on Christmas. Christmas Eve and okay. Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. And then on New Year's Eve, we'll close at four. Okay. But on New Year's Eve, we also have our Noon Year's Eve party. Yes. Uh, which will take place. And then we're also closed New Year's Day. Okay. But other than that... Other than that, open normal. Through the, uh, through the season. And there's always... All kinds of great uh, resources online as well if you can't make it into the library. Absolutely. And, you know, we were talking about Christmas shopping before we went on the air. A book makes a lovely gift. Our staff would be happy to help you narrow down some options. There you go. Uh, So uh, don't forget the library. Again, the Read for Life program. If you'd like to uh, volunteer uh, looking for uh, more uh, tutors uh, for that program, Programs that are going on at the library through the uh, month of uh, December and uh, the resources online. We've got it all linked up at goodmornings.net. Keep everybody busy uh, as if we're not busy enough through the uh, holiday season. But uh, Sarah Clevidence, thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate it. Thank you. Well, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas at the Hancock Historical Museum. Sarah Sisser is with us uh, this morning, and you've got a lot of things uh, going on in conjunction with the holiday. Uh, before we get to any of that, I uh, want to mention today's brown bag lunch uh, lecture, which I guess is kind of holiday-related in the sense that everybody loves uh, Charlie Brown Christmas, and you're talking about the history of uh, peanuts. That's right. We have uh, Dr. Chuck Paletta with us, and he um, is a professor of popular culture at the Bowling Green State University. And I have often told him, I think, in my next life, I would like to come back as a professor of pop culture because he gets to study so, so many interesting things. Um, but he'll be talking with us about the history of the Peanuts comic strip and that beloved Christmas special, the Charlie yeah. Brown Christmas special that we we all enjoy watching. That is year. awesome. So that is, uh, of course, at noon uh, today. Yep, today at noon. And um, you don't need a reservation to come. We encourage you to come a little bit early because seats do sometimes fill up. Uh, so come and join us. It's free if you're a member. It's just $3 if you're not a member. And I'm guessing that seats are going to fill up pretty quickly on this one. Yeah, so we've had uh, several people express an interest yeah. in this one. Um, This weekend, having a big Christmas open house at the museum. That's right. Another annual tradition for us. So both Saturday and Sunday will be open to the public. Just $1 admission for this open house. We have a lot of activities for all ages. Of course, the campus is beautifully decorated for the holidays. Um, yesterday, I was talking with our curator, Joy, who does most of the decorating, and she said, uh, something along the lines of, you you know it's holiday time when she has all these little cuts up and down her arms from all the garland <laughs> and the pine needles. Uh, and so um, we all have glitter everywhere. But uh, that's been fun over the last few weeks to get things in the holiday spirit. And so we encourage you to come out and see for yourself all the beautiful decorations um, and partake in some of the activities. On Saturday evening, we'll be open from 5 to 8 p.m. And we also have a uh, 
Christmas cookie and wine pairing that we're doing on Saturday Mm -hmm. in our Davis house, which is a beautiful setting. Um, We have some delicious cookies from the Bluffton Baking Company, Um, some really special cookies, um, not your average Christmas cookies that we've paired, uh, artfully paired um, with some professional advice from our friends at Greenhorn and Bluffton. Okay. Some delicious dessert wines. So Mm. if you would like to join us for that, there are still a few tickets available. That is 630 on Saturday. Okay. Um, So give us a call or look on our website and you can purchase your tickets there. And then on Sunday, we're open from 1 to 4 p.m. to the okay. public for our open house. All right. Uh, there are a couple of other things that are going on uh, for which tickets have sold out. The uh, Holiday Wreath Workshop, and I think we talked about that last month, and the uh, Victorian Christmas Tea. Those are both sold out. That's uh, correct. So if you didn't um, have the opportunity to get your tickets for that, hopefully next year we'll okay. get you. All right. So again, just uh, put it on your calendar for 2023 yeah. uh, and, and do that now so you don't miss it uh, the next time. You do have a, a classic movie night coming later this month too we do of course our last one for the year and that'll be on december 16th it's at 7 p.m always free and open to the public it's a great uh, date night activity if you've not been before we give some contextual information some history about the film um, and then screen the movie and if you want to stick around afterwards from discussion for some discussion we do that as well and uh, this month's movie will be The Man Who Came to Dinner. Great Betty Davis uh, film, 1942. So uh, that is a, a terrific classic movie, and that will be on the 16th. Correct, right? at okay. 7 p.m. Um, this is uh, the last month of the year, obviously, that uh, you will be open, but I, I bring it up because you're actually closed. The museum is uh, closed the month of January. That's right. We do that every year just so that we can kind of get caught up on some of our maintenance right. and uh, refresh some of our exhibits. So we, we are closed to the public in January. Our last day open in 22 will be on december 23rd okay and um you know it's a great activity if you've not been to the museum in a while as the kids are off school that week um come in bring the kids bring family if they're coming into town to visit um enjoy your museum our community's museum also some great options in the gift shop some local history uh gifts if you're looking for something special for Somebody who has just about everything. We've got some great local history books and right. Finley Glass as well. Yeah, great uh, make uh, for terrific uh, gifts. And will this be the last chance to see some of the uh, exhibits uh, of the year? I know the uh, 60s music uh, exhibit, the rock band uh, yeah. exhibit and everything. So, so. so we have both the 60s rock band exhibit and a 1950s uh, Finley in the 1950s exhibit that we have up right now. We're going, we're going to actually keep those okay. through 2023 just because they've been so popular and okay. they're um, really high quality exhibits. So you will have more opportunities next year to come see those if you have not already. And then the next time we talk with you after the uh, new year, probably we'll have new exhibits to uh, talk about we'll as well. We'll have some of those as well. And um, we try to keep things fresh around there Absolutely. so that if we, some of our regulars, we want to uh, keep people engaged. And there's so much great history to highlight. Which uh, actually affords us the opportunity to mention, again, you were talking about the gift shop as being a great uh, gift idea for somebody who has everything and somebody who loves uh, Findlay history. A uh, gift or a uh, museum a membership is another great way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, free admission whenever you come to the museum with a membership. Of course, our quarterly newsletter as well and some additional benefits throughout the year with reduced price or free tickets uh, to some of our special events. And memberships start at just $30 a year. So it does make a great gift as well. And especially uh, knowing that this is how uh, you support the museum and, and keep it going and, and preserve all of this great history. That's right. A lot of people don't realize that we're a privately funded nonprofit organization. Mm-hmm. We don't receive public tax dollars. So that is how we keep our doors open is through the generous support of our community, our members, and our donors. All right. So again, uh, Brown Bag Lunch Lecture on the history of peanuts later today. And of course, this weekend, the big uh, Christmas. Christmas open house. Yes, we hope to see many of you. 
And all of the details are at our webpage. We've got it linked up at goodmornings.net. Sarah Sisser, the Hancock Historical Museum. Thanks for uh, dropping by and happy holidays. You as well, Chris. Thank you. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. You heard about that uh, story, the woman who tried to open the door to an airplane on a flight from Houston to Columbus. Apparently now, if you've heard this, uh, she, at some point mid-flight, tried to open the emergency uh, exit door. And uh, apparently she is blaming Jesus for her unruly behavior at 37,000 feet. The crew of the Southwest flight had to make an emergency landing in Little Rock to escort the woman off the plane after shoving flight attendants and biting another passenger. The 34-year-old woman now faces charges of assault and interference with flight crew members, which is a federal crime, by the way. So she's in big-time trouble. Um, and she says Jesus made her do it. All right. Um, by the way, the passenger she bit had to be taken to the uh, hospital to, uh, to get treatment. And I think like a tetanus shot and things like that the scuffle, putting a whole new meaning on the term, putting your faith in Jesus hands, I guess. Man, that's weird. <laughs> uh, all right. What else is uh, going on? This from the uh, international file, the broken news. Um, I mean, for all its faults, I saw this story out of Turkey, uh, the nation of Turkey. And um, it got me to thinking, for all of its faults, the uh, U.S. medical system in this uh, in this country, the healthcare system, is, it could be a heck of a lot worse. Medical staff working in a Turkish state hospital grew skeptical of a fellow doctor who couldn't answer even basic medical questions. And became shifty when asked about her professional training. (laughs) After too many wrong answers, her colleagues called up the uh, state or the the nation's uh, medical board uh, to report this doctor who had been report uh, had been working in pediatrics for over a year. Uh, The woman ended up being arrested after investigators found no evidence of any formal medical training. Only fake diplomas, university credentials, and doctor identification cards. <laughs> she just faked her diploma and hung that on the wall. And apparently, nobody was the wiser for more than a year. Authorities reported the highest level of education that she had, had earned was a high school diploma. <laughs> and she was only 20 years old. So all kinds of red flags being raised in this. The suspect admitted to failing the university entrance exam after high school and forging documents because she wanted to make her family proud. (laughs) I'm not sure how proud they are now, but uh, for all of its faults, the U.S. healthcare system ain't bad at all, really. Think about it. Elsewhere in the uh, broken news... A caterer in Florida is being sued for allegedly serving marijuana-laced food at a wedding earlier this year. A woman who attended the event back in February is suing Jocelyn Bryant, 
accusing her of lacing food with poisonous levels of cannabis. In the lawsuit filed earlier this week, the woman alleges she had no idea the food contained marijuana and is seeking more than $30,000 in damages. Samples of the food served at the event outside of Orlando were sent to a lab for testing, and it was discovered the lasagna and bread tested positive for THC. (laughs) That's a party right there. A party. How weird is this? The San Francisco Police Department is now permitted to kill suspects with robots. <laughs> I saw that as the lead in the story, and I thought, well, this is going to be interesting. The San Francisco Police Department now allowed to kill suspects with robots. On Tuesday, the San Francisco Board of Supervisors approved a policy that lets police use remote-controlled robots capable of lethal force when no safer alternative options are available for subduing a threat. The policy also allows the SFPD to use other military-grade weapons and equipment like a Humvee, flashbang grenades, and pepper spray. The department has had about a dozen robots in its arsenal for the past 11 years. The robots currently can only be used for deadly force after the approval of the San Francisco police chief, assistant chief, or deputy chief. So. <laughs> Man, you mind your P's and Q's next time you go to San Francisco. <laughs> they have killer robots <laughs> roaming the streets of San Francisco. Uh, let's see. Uh, this is all kinds of weird. A father and son are accused of launching rocks at buildings and cars on the Las Vegas Strip using a slingshot. Uh, According to police, this happened on a couple of nights in October and earlier this month. A uh, taxi driver was hit with a rock and uh, actually had to be treated for eye injuries. The father is facing several charges, including battery and child abuse. It is unclear if the son will face any charges. Police have not uh, said how old the child is. (laughs) Uh, Just spending some quality time with dad using a slingshot to launch rocks at buildings and cars on the Las Vegas Strip. You know, it's this is what this is what the American society is lacking. Uh, we need more quality time with our parents. That's <laughs> not the best option. There, you might want to rethink that. And finally, in the uh, broken news this morning, Dateline, Madison, Wisconsin, investigators say a fight over cigarettes and crack cocaine led to a stabbing near Capitol Square. <laughs> Prosecutors yesterday filed charges against John Overshiner. Police say he stabbed a man uh, in the square after uh, officers say Mr. Overshiner told him the uh, man he stabbed had stolen crack from him a few days earlier. Well, it's certainly justifiable there. He stole my crack. And uh, then the man had the audacity to come back to try to get some cigarettes. The stabbing victim is expected to survive. (laughs) 
but he'll be very careful who he tries to steal crack from next time. Let me tell you. He stole my crack and then wanted to come back and get cigarettes. Certainly understand why he would be upset. There you go. That is today's broken news report. This update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Take WFIN wherever you go with our updated mobile apps for iPhone and Android. And now you can listen to us on your Alexa device. Get the app at WFIN.com or in the App Store or Google Play. Plus, enable Alexa by searching for WFIN under Skills and you'll soon be saying, Alexa, play 1330 WFIN. And the best part is the apps and skills are absolutely free. On the air at 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM, online at WFIN.com, and on your smartphone, tablet, and Alexa devices. Time now for your daily download, the numbers behind the news, and the statistics that shape our lives. They don't call it the hustle and bustle of the holiday season for nothing. Half of Americans believe that there is not enough time during the holidays to do everything that they want to do. Uh, 52% of 2,000 adults in a new survey asked about how they spend their time during the holiday season. 52% say they try to fit in as many festive activities as possible, but there's just not enough time, Uh, which is probably why 54% of Americans also wish the holiday season lasted longer than it actually does. Now, I know this is a point of contention for a lot of people about how soon we start the holiday season. And there are a fair number of people who don't like the fact that we keep pushing it earlier and earlier so that the quote unquote holidays take over Thanksgiving and overtake even Halloween in some cases and so on. But part of the reason is because there never seems to be enough time to do everything that we want to do 54% say, and this is the other thing. I was actually a little bit surprised because yes, the holidays are incredibly busy. There's never enough time, but would you really want more of the holidays as stressful as it is? Do we really want more? Do we think it would be less stressful if, if it were longer or would we just have a longer period of more stress? I don't know. Tomato, tomato, I guess. But 54% in this survey uh, wish that the holiday season lasted longer than it actually does. Um, While most of these respondents believe two more weeks would suffice. That seems to be the prevailing thought. 59% say two more weeks would be just about perfect. But 41% wouldn't mind if the holidays went on even longer than that. Now, who are these people? Uh, According to respondents, it starts feeling like the holiday season in November. 44% say November is when it really starts to feel like the holiday season. Today is the 1st of December, and certainly it has felt like the holidays uh, for a while now. So that's not necessarily surprising. 35%, though, 35% in the survey say The early fall months, October or even September, start making them feel the excitement of the holidays. They start getting that anticipation, that excitement starts to feel like the holiday season as early as September.
September. Heather Chloe is here from the Marathon Center for the Performing Arts. You get a big show tonight. Yes, it's Johnny Mathis Johnny Day, Mathis finally. Christmas uh, show, and this is a sold-out show. It is has been for weeks, um, and I know this was one of the uh, one of the things. Johnny Mathis has been here before, he has. and uh, was a huge show the uh, the first time. So it's great to have him back. And I know this was one of the things that we talked about some months ago. Is that uh, really kind of changed the way you approach the season this year with more of the big shows, uh, fewer of them as opposed to more of the smaller shows. How has that worked out? It's worked out really well. So basically we're spending the same amount, but mm-hmm. we're doing bigger shows, so we're paying more for them. Right. Uh, but our season tickets this year were up 30%. Wow. So it works. So, yeah. yeah it's good. exciting. I, I know uh, what last week was the uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer yes. musical, and yep. it looked like a, a great I didn't uh, get to go, but I, it looked like from everything that I saw and heard, photos and so on that uh, there was a good crowd there yes it was almost sold out as well Um, and so was Rock of the 70s yeah so the shows are selling great and and Rudolph was a lot of fun yeah Uh, and you have uh, more shows coming up uh, through the uh, month of December Uh, again large and small we were saying just a little bit ago be a great uh, stocking stuffer, a great Christmas gift idea would be tickets to uh, upcoming shows, and there's something for just about everybody. There is. You know, one show that's really flying under the radar, and it's not till February, but if you have Motown lovers on your list, the Respect show is going to be great. It's all about Aretha Franklin. It's sort of a Broadway-style concert, um, all that great music and her story. And okay. people aren't talking about that one as much, but it's one I'm most excited about. Yeah, so uh, check that out. Uh, you've got uh, some stuff coming up uh, here in the uh, near future, a uh, number of the smaller shows, the uh, Live at Arms series, and and so on. Yeah, so, so we have uh, the University of Finley uh, Wind Ensemble concert this weekend uh-huh. okay. as well. Yeah. And then on the 15th, we have our, our December Live at Arms show with Marielle Kraft. And she's a singer-songwriter. I saw her at a, a conference, and I hadn't seen her live, and she is an absolute charmer on stage. People are going to really love that. Again, the Live at Arms series, not on the main stage. Uh, that's the uh, Arms Center. It's much more intimate. Uh, it is. It's set-up club style. I always tell people that if you've been to the Bluebird in Nashville, that was sort of my inspiration in creating that space. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the bar is right there. You can sit around, just listen to the great music. And it's smaller artists you haven't heard of. But they are worth coming to. And uh, what else is coming up in the <laughs> excuse me in the month of December? Yeah, we have um, Masha and the Nutcracker. It's the Black Swamp Fine Arts School coming. So that if you haven't had enough of Nutcracker, you can come <laughs> do that on the seventeenth. Holiday tradition. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then that's pretty much it, except for all of our book events, our virtual book events. We have okay. several of those this year. Um, this month and uh, some bigger names. Geraldine Brooks is one. Um, and I'm going to pronounce his name wrong, Frederick Bachman. He wrote um, A Man Called Ove. Um, okay. He's a big name, too. So we've got some good virtual book stuff coming up as well. Um, also, uh, the month of de- uh, December, I uh, want to mention, because it's on the uh, the list, the Winter Art Clubs. Oh, uh, right. Uh, registration 
uh, for that. Actually, it doesn't close until after the first of the year, but you'll want to sign up for that. Yes, yep. so. and we're doing auditions for our t- upcoming youth theater performances as well. We have the Night of One Acts, and then we're doing Moana Jr., so okay. those are coming up as well. All right, so again, those are sort of behind-the-scenes stuff or, or other things uh, that are going on, uh, particularly through the month of December, to call your attention to. As we get into the first of the year, and again, uh, if you're looking for gift ideas, uh, Step Africa is coming up. Yes. That's a there are a couple of series. One of those is sold out. As a matter of uh, fact, the school day series the is sold days. out. So yeah. the, all the schools are coming, which mm-hmm. is fantastic. But we yeah. have the evening show, um, and that is a really high energy, fan, wonderful show. It's another one that's flying a little bit under the radar. Mm-hmm. Um, I say it's more mission based because it's really great show that probably people haven't heard of, but we want to bring, um, and we have a lot of support from the community for that show. And tickets are super cheap. They're like $15, so definitely worth checking It'll out. It'll be a fun show. And uh, also, the University of Finley's Comedy Jam is coming up in January. It is, yes. Uh, the end of January, but tickets are on sale now tickets for that? Tickets are on sale now, and those go fast as well. Yeah. People love those comedy shows, so get the tickets now if you want to come. If you're looking for uh, something to, uh, again, a good stocking stuffer yes. uh, for, uh, for those. And the other thing uh, to mention, because... Uh, nominations are available now for the Wall of Fame. Yeah, so it's our fifth, third Wall of Fame, and it honors people in Finley and Hancock County or with a connection to those um, that have made a significant contribution to the arts at some point. Um, some of them are national. You know, mm-hmm. we have uh, Gavin Creel on the wall, a Tony winner. Yeah. Um, but some of them are more local as well. So folks that have been teaching or have, you know, inspired students through the arts. Um, and we'll have nominations Technically, we'll probably take them till mid-January or so. Um, and that announcement is always made on May 3rd, 5-3. Okay. Uh, so, lots of things that are uh, coming up. Uh, again, the uh, Johnny Mathis show is uh, sold out tonight. So, uh, if you've got tickets in hand, do not forget about that. Um, the... Uh there are just a, a handful of other shows uh, left, as we mentioned, in the uh, month of December, but lots of things as we head into the uh, into the new year. And you've got all of that on your website, right? Yes, mcpa.org is the place to go. Right, very good. Again, uh, Heather Clough with us uh, this morning from the Marathon Center for the Performing Arts. Heather, thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate Thank it. Thank you. And that will finish up our podcast for today. Thanks to all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. Remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the program at our webpage. Check us out online at goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow on the show, in honor of National Cookie Day this weekend, we have a collection of sweet treats for the holiday season from Kyra's Kitchen. So until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.